knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. You have found your way to the 218th episode of the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. If you want to get caught up, you've got 217 episodes to make your way through. But you don't need to because what we're going to talk about today is something that I probably talked about 200 plus episodes ago. And I've talked about a few times since. And uh, I'll get to that in just a moment. But what I did want to mention is that if you are new around these parts or if you have been a rabid listener for the last few years... Every 10 episodes, I answer reader and listener questions and address comments on a little podcast episode I call Fly Fishing Accusations. I've got some really good emails and comments that I have received that I will be interacting with, but if you have a particular question or comment, let me know, Matthew at castingacross.com. You could also use the contact form over at the website, castingacross.com. And uh, whether I address your question on the podcast or not, I will get back to you. Assuming my spam filter doesn't see you and uh, assume that you are a robot. So I always appreciate the feedback and I have a lot of fun with those podcast episodes. So that will be in two weeks. So what are we talking about today? Why have I asked you to stick around for the last minute of announcements? Well, we're going to talk about fly fishing shows. So here we go. Now, if you've made your way to this podcast, if you've seen the uh, title and you are anti-fly fishing show because you think it's just a way for you to get your hard-earned dollars separated from your pocket, then just hold on. Just wait a minute. Because here's the thing. I think you're doing it wrong. You, you very well may have 
gotten a, a bad deal at some point in time at an expo show, but I think you're doing it wrong. Uh, and so what I want to do in this podcast episode, and like I said, this is a topic that I've talked about before, but I think that particularly um, in this time of year when things are a little bit slower, certainly there's lots of fishing to do. There's a lot of fly tying to do. There's hunting to, that, that can be done. There's house projects that can be worked on. There are warm fires that can be sat by. Uh, but I think this time of year, which when we have a lot of fly fishing shows uh, happening and expo shows and things like that, this is a great opportunity to go out and really get some beneficial things. So what I'm going to do today and I'm going to talk a little bit about how I would spend my time if I wasn't uh, Matthew of castingacross.com, if I was just going to a fly fishing show uh, for the first time, or if I've been doing it for years and I feel like I don't know if it's worth another $20 uh, admission ticket uh, just to walk around and look at stuff. Because like I said, I think a lot of people do it wrong. A lot of people that have complained to me or that have said, I, I've given up going to those shows. Um, I, I think they're doing it wrong. And it's not necessarily because uh, um, of, of anything that they're, they're, they're doing. It's because what they're not doing. So I want to talk through that. But also, as a little bit of administrative detail, this is being recorded early January of 2023. Now, this will be beneficial information for you regardless of when you listen to it. But if you are listening to it live, um, I'm planning on being at the fly fishing show, like the fly fishing show, you know, brand name, trademark. Uh, in Marlboro, Massachusetts, as well as in Edison, New Jersey. Lord willing, assuming the weather and schedules cooperate, uh, I, I'm, I'll probably be in Marlboro on Friday and Saturday, and I'll probably be in uh, Edison in New Jersey um, in Friday and Saturday. And so one of the things I've always appreciated when I've, I've helped in booths before with different companies, and uh, it's nice I can kind of say, oh, this is where I'll be most of the day, and people have stopped by and I've been able to have face-to-face -face interaction with folks that I've emailed back and forth with or people that I've listened to the podcast, I don't plan on uh, helping in a booth uh, this this time around, but I will be around. And so feel free to shoot me a message on uh, on social media or something like that. And uh, if, if you just want to say hi, and uh, I'll tell you uh, what shape my mustache is in and what I'm wearing that day. But anyway, what to do when you go to a fly fishing show? Here's the first thing. Get on the website. Now, um, this is something that is true for the Fly Fishing Show, which is the, the the brand of shows that goes across the country. But it's also true for the Virginia Fly Fishing and Wine Festival, another show that I'm I'm familiar with, and and uh, that's run by a great guy, Bo Beasley. He also does the uh, Texas uh, Fly Fishing and Craft Beer Festival, I think is what it's called. Um, but this is also true of smaller shows. Uh, I know that close to me, uh, Trout Unlimited uh, puts on a, a show up in New Hampshire. Um, um, they put on one here in Massachusetts. Uh, there's uh, a couple that happen in Maine as well as um, in Western Mass. They're, they're all over the place growing up. And then, of course, in Pennsylvania, uh, in Virginia, Pennsylvania, Maryland, there's all sorts of different shows with different titles and different names. And as long as you're plugged into like a Charter Limited chapter or a conservation group, there's a very good chance that this information about what the shows will be will be in those newsletters. So read through those things to know if there's something that's near you. Because that's one of the first things that I have encountered. People said, oh, I don't want to drive all the way. You know, if I'm, if I'm living in South Central Pennsylvania, I don't want to drive all the way to 
to New Jersey, which I can appreciate that sentiment, for a fly fishing show that's going to talk about fishing for bluefish and fishing for stripers and fishing for, you know, trout up in, uh, up in Labrador. Okay, well, that makes sense. But there's probably a show that's close to you. I know of a couple that are in South Central Pennsylvania, put on by smaller fly shops and put on by uh, museums and conservation organizations. So just keep your ear to the ground. That is step one. Um, if you want something very localized, then you, you need to be paying attention to what is around you. And uh, if, if you aren't online, you're probably not going to find out about it. Um, if you're not in the fly shops, you're probably not going to find out about it. So that's the first thing. Once you know about where you're going, once you know about oh, the opportunities that are in your area, get on that website. Get on that website and figure out what the schedule is. Because the biggest probably complaint that, that I hear is people who say, you go to these shows, you spend money, and then all you can do is walk around and spend more money. And you know what? If that's what you're doing, then you're doing it wrong because a lot of these shows, I would say every one of these shows I've ever been to will have throughout the day various activities and seminars and things like that that are free. They're not free. They're included in your ticket. So whether that's $10 or that's $20 or it might be free. Um, sometimes these uh, shows, uh, they they really depend on the uh, – the, the fees that the vendors pay to get in the building or like uh, raffles or things like that, sometimes they are free. Uh, but look at what is being done for free and pick out what you want to see. So if there is a fly tying demonstration by a fly tire that uh, you've seen on YouTube at noon, make sure that you're sitting down at 1155 so you can watch that fly tying demonstration. And you're going to be impressed if all you've done is watched a fly tying demonstration online. Uh, you are going to be really impressed with what it is like in person, where you can ask a question, where they are going to go into greater detail, where they're going to riff and they're going to ad lib things as opposed to trying to keep things nice and short and concise in a five to seven minute video. If there is a fly casting demonstration by one of the a, America's best fly casting teachers, which I know will be at some of these shows. Are they a better fly caster than you? Maybe, maybe not. But there's something you can probably glean from watching them cast and have them explain and articulate well uh, how and why they're casting. So if that's happening at you know 2.30, then be lined up by the casting pond at 2.15 or, or 2.20. And then look through all the other things that are there. What I always encourage people to do is to pick two things that they're interested in and then pick something that sounds just completely unfamiliar. If you've never thought about spay casting, go and check it out. Uh, I remember years and years ago, I was at the fly fishing show in Marlboro, and this was back before casting across was a thing uh, up here in Massachusetts. And I went to a Tenkara demonstration. I'd never heard of Tenkara before. It was described as like Tenkara, the art of Japanese fly fishing or something like that. And I, I think I thought, I think I thought, I think I thought that it was like actual fly fishing art. Um, and I went and it was something very different. Now I ended up buying a Tenkara rod from that company, from the, the, the company that had the guy that was there that was, um, putting on the demonstration. It was from Tenkara USA, uh, Daniel Gallardo, who, uh, is no longer with, with that company, but, uh, I learned something new and different. I know, as you know, I'm not some huge Tankara fiend, but it was interesting. So find something that you've never heard of before or a place that you don't plan on going. Go learn about fishing for attainment in, in Mongolia. 
go uh, learn about fishing, uh, you know, uh, Christmas Island or go, uh, you know, learn about um, uh, about fishing for, for grayling at the, in the Arctic Circle. Something unique and different. And it's just entertaining. And you're going to see somebody who is probably passionate about this. They're not coming all the way from wherever they were uh, because this is how you make tons of money. They are excited about what they do and they want to share it. And it's entertaining. And you never know. You might run into a situation that you are uh, encouraged by and you're uplifted by and you want to try something new and different and that's going to stick in the back of your mind. And, it, you know, you meet them, shake their hand and introduce yourself. And uh, who knows, that might be your next trip uh, that you are surprised with by your loving spouse. So uh, pick three things off the bat before you even get in your car and drive to a fly fishing expo show and do those three things and uh, make sure that you are at those uh, places where you need to be well uh, before they, they start so that you can have a good seat. Before I continue with my recommendations for the fly fishing show circuit, I did want to recommend something else, and that is that you go to manscaped.com. I've been talking about them for the last eight weeks now. Uh, you go to manscaped.com, and if you put code CASTING, C-A-S-T-I-N-G, in the promo code, you're going to get free shipping, which is huge, and 20% off, which is huge-er, depending on how much you spend, and uh, off your whole order. Now, you can spend tons of money. You can buy boxes full of razors and shavers and lotions and creams and all sorts of stuff, but you can also find one or two things that you can't find anywhere else that can really help you out. Here is what I suggest. Uh, it's cold outside, so today I was in my waders, and there is no waiter funk uh, when it is 25 degrees out and you're sitting in a duck blind. Uh, so getting nasty from the waist down isn't going to happen this time of year when you're out in a pair of waders. But soon enough, it's going to be summer, I promise. And when that happens, uh, especially when the mornings are chilly and you're in like warm pants and you put your waders on and after walking and walking, it's going to get nasty in your waders. Well, it's a reason because it's nasty in your waders. It's nothing to do with your waders. It's nothing to do with you. Well, what can you do about that? It's not a lot you can do about getting getting nasty, but you can cut down on the stank. And one of the things that, that Manscaped has is called Crop Preserver. And what it is, it's a deodorant and a uh, moisture, moisturizer as well as an uh, anti-chafing cream that you can use wherever your, your imagination takes you. Uh, and this stuff is great. It smells good. It's not greasy. Um, and you know what? It's, uh, it's vegan. So if you were concerned, this is made out of animal products. Uh, let me let me tell you, you don't have to worry about that anymore. It's cruelty free. They did not test this on rabbits. They did not make waders that are rabbit sized, cover them with crop preserver and then throw them in those waders. It's completely cruelty free. So definitely check this out. Head over to manscaped.com. Look for crop preserver. Use code casting C-A-S-T-I-N-G uh, at checkout and you will get 20% off of that and anything else you want to throw in your cart as well as free shipping. Again, casting over at manscaped.com. All right. What else do you do when you go to the fly fishing show? So you check out uh, what they have for offer that's free. Now, there's other things that you can do that will cost money. Now, this is something that a lot of people will say, I'm already spending $20 to get into the show and I'm spending more money. It's the last thing I want to do. All right. That's my impression of somebody who complains about stuff at fly fishing shows, right? But there are classes and with people who are experts that will cost a little bit more money, you know, $25, $50. But imagine how much it would cost to take an expert seminar at some any other 
you know, setting or situation. It costs at least that much. But oftentimes, what you find in these situations is one-on-one -on -one interactions, uh, where they are walking around, watching you tie, and addressing your questions, whereas what you might get for free is more of a presentation. What you get in these settings, whether it be casting, you know, you bring your own gear from home to, to cast in front of uh, a casting instructor, or they have you sit down in front of a, a vice and you tie along with them, you're able to interact um, and so it's not going to be so much like destination presentations and introduction to things. This is, uh, you know, not even like the 201 level stuff. This is the graduate level stuff. And if you really want to get something that's going to be a shot in the arm to take you to that next level, these kind of classes, these kind of experiences and seminars are definitely worth your time. Uh, it is a little bit of money for a big benefit. And chances are you're going to be able to have interaction with somebody who really knows their stuff. And so that may lead to additional conversations down the line. Because again, people are by and large very, very friendly when it comes to, to this stuff. So um, first recommendation is uh, figure out what's local to you. Secondly, uh, make a plan to attend particular things throughout the day that are free, uh, two things that you're interested in, and one thing that uh, that you have zero interest in or you're unfamiliar with, but you want to find out something about because it just strikes your, your, your tickles your fancy, as they say. Uh, thirdly, uh, if, if you have the resources, go check out one of the, the paid uh, seminars or classes. Now, the fourth thing is the thing that most people think of when they think of going to an outdoor expo show. Walk the booths. Now, walk the booths, and here's what you do. Have a conversation with somebody. Talk to people. That is where the magic happens. That is my absolute favorite thing to do at the shows. Now, of course, there's a, there's a benefit for for me because it just gives me all sorts of ideas for casting across and things that I, I learn about, uh, whether it be a conservation organization or a youth education program or a new product that I'm just really excited to share because the person at the booth was a great salesperson. Um, if you're listening to this and you're going to be at a booth, be pleasant, be engaging, make me want to pick up the thing that you're selling or pick up the pamphlet that you are offering. Uh, don't just sit there and click on your phone. That that does happen from time to time. And you know what? I'm going to walk right on by or I'm going to be a nuisance and ask you a lot of questions. But if you are going just as a consumer to check stuff out, ask questions. If you are interested in a fly rod, I guarantee you that somebody from the Temple Fork Outfitter booth, somebody from the Thomas and Thomas booth will be happy to give you more details than you even thought were available regarding their new fly rod. The same is true for one of the smaller fly rod companies. The same is true for one of the bamboo rod sellers. Have a conversation. Find out information. And here's the thing that's really cool. Um, a lot of folks uh, are critical of, of the shows because they want you to spend more money. But a lot of times, these larger companies, and, and I just mentioned TFO, and I mentioned Thomas & Thomas, the same is going to be true if there's a Scott booth there, if Farbank, you know, Sage and Reddington have a booth at one of these shows, uh, they're not going to sell you a rod. That's just not what they do. What they will do is they'll tell you all about their rod. And they'll give you a sales pitch, but there's no transaction at the end of it because they're not going to be selling stuff. By and large, at most of these shows, these big flowered companies don't do that. What they will do is say, if you're interested in buying one right now, there is a fly shop that has a booth over on the other side of the expo floor. You can go and pick one up or you know, go to your local fly shop and, and, and buy one. And I would say that that is an 
excellent business model, for, for lack of a better term, for not just those companies, but also these fly fishing shows, because it really does take the pressure off of you. You can ask any and every question, and you're not going to feel bad when you walk away with a sticker and, and a, maybe a free hat, and that's it. Uh, so, so take advantage of that. Have those conversations. Talk to guides. Talk to lodges. Ask them the kind of questions that you're not going to find answers to in the FAQ segments of their websites once you get back. Have those conversations. That's why they're there. Trust me, after having worked in these booths, after having done different things at these fly fishing shows, people with good questions, and, and certainly there are dumb questions, but people with questions is, is precisely what you're looking for. Uh, you, you want information. They want to give you information. So definitely initiate those conversations. Um, so if there's something that you've had your eye on and you see that there's somebody there that is selling that thing, um, then then come with your questions. And uh, don't feel bad if you don't buy it. But this is a great opportunity to really move the ball uh, down the field regarding maybe your next purchase, maybe your next trip, or maybe the next, you know, the, the next thing that you want to get involved with, whether it be conservation or fly tying or something like that. So I talked about finding something local. I found about, talked about uh, doing stuff for free, doing stuff that might cost a little bit of money, doing a little bit of shopping and conversations. And the last one, uh, there's there's a lot more, but the last one for today uh, is kind of it brings the first one and the last one together, uh, finding what's local and having conversations. This is a great way for you to get involved. This is a great way for you to have a an interaction with probably a very personable member of a local conservation organization, uh, a local uh, Charter Limited chapter, a local education program, or or something like that. And you're able to have that conversation and say, hey, I'm new to the area or I've, I fly fish, but I'm not really involved with a group. Uh, what do you have to offer? And have that conversation. I know that, uh, at, say, the, the local fly fishing show here um, in the western suburbs of Boston, uh, there are booths from various Trout Unlimited chapters, various youth education programs. And every one of them is interested in getting people to be a part of it as far as like the recipient of the benefits, but they're also more than willing to get people who can add to their, uh, their forces to do that good work. And so have that conversation and figure out what fits my schedule, what fits my interests, and what fits kind of my idea of what giving back looks like. Do I want to teach kids how to tie flies? Maybe I don't. I can't stand kids. What I can stand is moving rocks. Okay, let me find an organization that needs me to help with stream restoration, and have that conversation, and you know, commit yourself or just you know, mull it over. Think: Is this something that I want to do come springtime? And if 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 it is, make plans for it. But it's a great way to have those conversations with people that they, they I mean, they're incredibly busy. You know, this, there's not people who are necessarily full-time stream restoration folks or full-time youth fly tying uh, um, experts. But these are people that, like you, have a nine-to-five and they're very busy. But this is a chance where you can have some face-to-face -face contact with them. It's a lot better than uh, doing it uh, over an email exchange or trying to cram it into a conversation in an already busy, you know, uh, chapter meeting or something like that that has an agenda attached to it uh, locally. So 
those would be my just five of of my of my top things that I would consider doing. There's a lot more that you can do. Um, and if you go back on castingacross.com and just put in expo show, I think is is probably the keyword you're looking for. You'll find all sorts of articles because I think that these shows and these experiences are really really good. And there's a lot of benefit that you can get from that fifteen or twenty dollars. If you're willing to spend a little bit more money, you can probably get a little bit more. But I think if you make a good plan and you have a good approach and a good attitude, then you're going to get plenty out of your $15 to $20. Don't just walk the aisles grumping that you spent money and now you're, you're being expected to spend more money. There's a lot you can do if you just have a plan and you have an open mind and you are ready to go have a conversation and engage. This week on castingacross.com. The first article that came out was called New Year's Days and New Year's Trout. New Year's Days and New Year's Trout. This is a reworked article from years and years and years ago, and it's one of my favorite topics. It is me talking about what I did through all my teenage years and up into college, actually, of camping uh, in December 31st into January 1st and going and buying fly fishing licenses or fly fishing licenses, goodness, fishing licenses first thing in the morning uh, and fishing on New Year's Day and kind of ringing in the New Year. So I write a little bit about 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 that and uh, this article. Wednesday's article was, I think is really good. It's called The Piper at the Gates of Dawn. Um, I was listening to on a drive back from Virginia with my kids, uh, the wind in the willows. So, you know, frog and toad, uh, no, not frog and toad, <laughs> Mr. Toad, mole, rat, that whole thing. Uh, really interesting chapter in the middle of that book called The Piper at the Gates of Dawn, which is also a, an early Pink Floyd album. But, uh, and that's where I got it from, it's from One in the Willows. But I talk a little bit about nature, I talk a little bit about our engagement with it, um, that, and it all stems from this little adventure that Mole and Rat have in this uh, this kid's book. So check it out, those articles, and a whole lot more, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, over a thousand actually, over at castingacross.com. This week's recommendation. It's a great book. I'm here to tell you, I am incredibly impressed with the fly fishing books, two of them that have come out uh, from the people at Imbrifex Books, I-M-B-R-I-F-E-X. There is two of them. Uh, the latest one that I'm going to talk about briefly today is Fly Fishing Houston in Southeastern Texas. Uh, but uh, they put out another one that I probably mentioned before, which was uh, Fly Fishing uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. Or no, it's Fly Fishing Austin, I think is the one that I, I read. I haven't seen their Fly Fishing Dallas-Fort Worth. You might say, ah, I'm not from Texas. Okay, well, some people are. So, but but listen to me. If, if, if you are um, interested in fly fishing guidebooks, the Imbrifex books team has done some excellent work, and I'm hoping that they expand to other parts of the country um, because these are beautiful and they are because they're big, colorful um, picture filled books. Uh, if you are used to fly fishing guidebooks that are just uh, lists of flies to use and gear recommendations and where to park, there may be value in that. But these are the kind of books that make you want to go places. So the first chapter I read, uh, I didn't read Fly Fishing Houston, you know, cover to cover. I flipped through it, but there's a couple of chapters I read. And one chapter I read uh, was the species that you can fish in and around Houston and southeastern Texas. And that was incredibly interesting to just get, you know, a chapter on, on these subspecies of bass. Um, chapters on some invasive species that are part of the, uh, the, the, the the ecosystem now. Incredibly interesting. And then pictures of people catching big carp in concrete canals. 
really, really interesting book. So uh, Houston is a huge hub, of course. So if you're planning on traveling there, uh, if you travel there for business, pick up this book. It's a fun thing that'll make you want to pack a couple of fly rods when you when you are down in that area. And of course, you know, uh, Houston is right on the coast. So you're fishing for carp and for, for bowfin and for bass, but then you're also fishing for redfish and all the other stuff that swims in the swamps uh, in, the, in the brackish water. So it's an excellent book. I will put a link for the Fly Fishing Houston landing page over at Imperfex's books uh, website, but I've actually seen it's coming out in um, in February of this year. So if you know someone who lives in Texas who's into fly fishing or is into fishing, uh, this is a great book. And like I said, this will be a good book to pick up if you are planning on traveling through the area. And uh, like I said, super impressed with the format and the the design and just the the quality of these local angler series from Imberfrex books. I, I do hope that they expand outside of Texas. Um, the, so you might say the last thing we need is another fly fishing guidebook, but uh, if, if they're like this, then it'll really up the game uh, across the board. So check that out, and uh, if you have any questions about it, uh, let me know. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast on iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com for three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. (laughs) Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss life on the water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. (laughs) The destination for outdoor entertainment. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app.